Hey, how's it going? Good afternoon, guys. Uh, this is uh, the All In Podcast, and uh, today you guys are in for quite a treat. This is episode 32. Yes, sir. Episode 32, so we are just plowing through this thing, right? This is, that would be how many weeks in a row? 32 weeks in a row? 32 weeks in a row. That would be it. So today we are here uh, with uh, Mr. Jaden Pudney. He is the uh, asset manager, a.k.a. director of dispositions in our organization. And uh, you guys are in for quite a treat. We're going to talk about a lot of disposition strategies and a lot of lingo, uh, a lot of technique. And you guys are in for quite a treat. So, uh, So let me start out by introducing myself. My name is Carlos Reyes. I'm a serial entrepreneur out of Phoenix, Arizona, and I'm alongside here with my business partner. My name is Sal Shakir. I'm myself a serial entrepreneur as well with these amazing business partners over here. And one of them <clears> Alex Signs, guys. Welcome to the podcast, episode 32. Uh, every time, it just keeps going up and up, and I'm so glad that we haven't missed one week. I mean, he's gone on vacation, I've gone on vacation, Sal's gone on vacation, and we just keep coming back every single week, every single Wednesday for you guys. So, Thank you for coming on. And again, Alex Sines, 22-year-old real estate entrepreneur here in Phoenix. And uh, and here we go. Mr. Jaden, you want to you yeah, introduce you yourself? introduce yourself, buddy? Yeah. Jaden Putney, um, asset manager and project manager for National Cash Offer. Mm, okay. Well, today we, I mean, this is, we're going to let people, do me a favor. We Actually, do, let, right? let's, uh, let's, not skip, let, let's not skip over Jaden. We're going to okay. go over his story. Okay, we are. Okay. We are. Okay. But I just want people to share it as much. Let's all take the time to share. Let's take one minute. To share because this is very, very valuable information, guys. Yep, you're right. The Dispo King, Luis Vaquera. Shout out to Texas. Ryan Harper, what's up, baby? Uh, do me a favor. Uh, Luigi, you didn't, the name of it is still How to Handle Buyers Back in on your deals for some reason. It's going to change, I think. It'll, it takes time to change. It'll okay. Change. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and share this. Uh, if you guys all want to share it. Okay. So. Let's, uh, yeah, let's go in there. Do me a huge favor. Share with as many people as you can because this is going to be Fire. groundbreaking information. Yeah, this, this actually, this episode was uh, chosen by the most two requested uh, um, subjects, yeah. subjects, and that was one of them. So here we are. Guys, try to be as much. We don't usually have Pudney in here, Jaden over here. So try to be as much interactive as you can. Ask as many questions as you can. Again, this is free 99, guys. So what better way to get more information? What better way to get information from a guy that's literally handled hundreds and hundreds of transactions, right? No, not. I mean, I mean, he, he's seen it all. So, guys, if, if you're going through maybe a certain situation in your business with a certain deal, ask away. You know, this is a podcast to do so. So let me, yeah, let me, let me, let me start out by, uh, you know what? I'm going to start out by saying this. Hard work pays off. Mm. Mr. Jaden Pudney, Mr. Jaden Pudney, he's been with us since the beginning. The beginning. When he was about 17 or 18 years old. He was not 18 yet, I'm right? Li- which I'm right yeah, here, right, really? Luigi? So, guys, this man right here, he used to drive one hour, one way and another hour back to just come in, contribute. He saw the vision. He still sees the vision. He's pushing harder than ever. He's elevated himself to a level that, you know, I mean, we, we, we maybe could expect expected this of him, and this is why he's been around this long, right? Um, but, man, talk about talk about being patient and work persevering ethics. and, there was and work be, having ethic. work ethic, right? This man works for free, no, ba- no salary in any kind, for over a year and earned a spot at the table. And not to mention, Jaden, you had a car that broke down constantly. 
and you were yeah. driving one hour one way an hour back yeah and sometimes if you couldn't make it because the car broke down and you were still showing up and we we're back then we we're still in that boiler room that had no ac no no windows no nothing yeah, yeah. we had that ceiling fan that you never fixed uh, <laughs> and <laughs> and you know you you just I don't know what you saw. Maybe you saw the vision that we had and you saw what was to come and then you wanted to be a part of the team without really asking to be a part of the team. You just, your work ethic just spoke louder than than that. Yeah. So I think today is like literally a future, maybe vision I, I that you hear, had. I want to hear it in his own words, right? Yeah. What has your journey been so far? We have 52 people and it's climbing. Keep sharing this, guys. This is going to be amazing. What's up, Keith Everett? Real estate, let me shout out a few people before we get into your story because your story is very powerful. It's the typical entrepreneur story, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. uh, let me just say, Brian Salmons, how's it going, brother? Uh, Crystal, thank you for sharing. Uh, Maylene, thank you for sharing. Crystal Arenas, thank you for sharing. Thank you for the kind words. So let's get to it. We got over 50 people. Uh, I think we're going to reach over 100 live people. And I also want to thank... Our uh, iTunes audience also, thank you so much for just the loyalty and continuing to be with us, um, you know, as, as we continue down this road and as we continue to try to serve the community as much as we can. So with that being said, let's hop to Mr. Jaden Putney. Mr. Putney, you've been with us since the start. Please tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, um, kind of like you guys were saying, I mean, I've been here since the jump. Um, mm. I did drive. I drive the, what was it, an 85 Toyota pickup that did break down almost every other day. Was that the, the red one? The red truck, yep. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't have, it didn't have AC. Pickup. didn't no have AC. AC. Um, had a sunroof, so every day was pretty brutal sitting in traffic. It was about an hour and a half on the way home with traffic. Wow. So now we're yeah. here, an hour and a half home. Yep. Every single day. Okay. It broke down like every other day, um, kind of like I was saying. One day it actually blew up on the way home, and I still texted you guys and said, hey, I was still, like, my radiator blew up, and like I, I broke down. My dad had to come pick me up, and... Wow. I still text How you guys like you, by the way? 18. 18. 18 years yep. old. Shout out to dad. Yep, shout out to dad. <laughs> Papa um, Pudney. And I still text you guys, you know, the next day I'll be there at 9 a.m. So wow. I think that's kind of the, the biggest thing with me too. Um, I think every day is a challenge. Um, you know, I did expect, I mean, through your journey you'll expect to, you know, this is it, we're done, that's it. But every day is a new obstacle. Every day is a new challenge. And it just keeps getting more and more fun. So, hmm. How do you feel about the, uh, the growth your growth. Let's start with your growth, the company growth, you know, the organization growth, because we are an organization together. But Everything. how do you feel about your growth? Let's talk about your growth first. Like, what drives you every single day? Why do you continue to to push the way that you do? Because now you're at a whole different level. You got yeah. you're uh, handling um, your uh, your dispositioning uh, over a, a million dollars that's coming onto the market. Yeah. Right. So so what does that mean to you? Let's uh, let's let's get you let's get you going. Yeah, since day one, I mean, it's the same thing as where I am now. It's the vision. Ever since day one, um, you know, I was working with a previous real estate company. I won't mention who. Um, but ever since I met you and Sal, like, ever since then, I saw what was going on. I saw what you guys believed in. Since that day in the boiler room, it's been the vision. Mm. And even to this day, that's why I wake up. That's why I What do I you come. remember about the boiler room? It was red. I remember that. We had a small yellow, red, yellow, board, red, red, yellow. red yellow. And I, I know there was a big desk that Adrian took over, and I worked on this little tiny desk with my laptop. On the right where was side. I on, on the left side. Where was I at? Right next to Adrian. And we had all those deals on the board behind us. Those yep. are, that I kind of miss, miss the mud, right? Dude, I was just thinking about this the other day. I'm like, I miss that that board. Like, that board has so much I remember it. Sal was always in there because Sal has his, he had his little office. It was his dealership. And he would just come in and go back and come in and go yep. back. It yep. wasn't That happened for like two years. It was so, so much fun, though. 
It was. Like, there was so much was uncertainty, hot. but there was so much drive in there. Like, there was... I don't know. You yeah. remember coming I, I went in there. there. Yeah, I went there a few a times. A handful. I mean, There's been a lot of uh, a people lot. that have visited that boiler room. Yeah, we've Jared, actually... Jared, <laughs> Jalen. I went there you know? for the, the Arabic food. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Uh, so, um, okay. So, you believe in the vision. Yep. Uh, you've been a contributing, contributing factor. We would not be where we are without people like yourself, leaders in the company, uh, leaders in the organization like yourself, leaders like Adrian Salgado, you know, Brittany... Uh, Tino, Randy, Alex, like the list goes on and on. Absolutely. Right? So I want to say this, man. Uh, I know that I speak for myself. I'm sure Sal will have his words because you've been literally, you've been like his understudy or I don't even know what you would call that, his pupil, right? Because, um, you know, you spent a lot more time with Sal on the disposition side. Yep. And um, I've seen you grow, man. I've seen what you've become. And, like, now you're even getting better. Like, now you're handling millions of dollars. You're handling projects. You know, you're handling private money. You're doing all these things. And it's just it's amazing to see, you know, how far you've come. And how does that make Thank you, you feel? It makes me feel great. I mean, you can make as much money as you want. But I, I think at the end of the day, when your family's proud of you, when your peers are proud of you, I think that's, that's the most fulfilling thing to me, too. Are people proud of you? Yeah. 100%. I know we're proud of you. Yeah. I, I, that is amazing because that's... Yeah. Um, one of the things, that book is amazing, by the way, that you gave me. But yeah. it, it, it struck, Which book? Uh, high Performer. <laughs> high uh, performance. performance. Yeah, well, I mean, High Performer as a, as a person. But yeah. uh, it, it made me think about something. The most important things that you think about is, is not just the work. Because a lot of people, and I put this earlier today, that people just hide behind their work to be proud about. But there is more than that. So, like, having your peers, having your, your family and your, your immediate circle being proud of you, that's, that's, that's the fulfilling part. It's yep. not just the work itself. So just for you to recognize that, that you're eight, how old are you? Uh, 22. 22 to recognize that, that's huge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, you're Amazing. as old as Alex. That's crazy. Amazing. I'm turning 23 next one. So Uh-oh. I, I'm going to say 23-year-old uh, <laughs> real estate entrepreneur. Uh, it's going <laughs> to... Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> I see. <laughs> it's not meant to happen, huh? No, 20, I'm going to my Jordan year. Uh, hey, by the way, I want to mention this. Warner, uh, Warner who came to Momentum. Warner mm-hmm. came to Momentum. Warner says, I'm stuck in a huge muddle, I read a that. puddle... I'm waiting for roadside assistance. Laugh, laughing my butt off. It was meant to happen so I can watch this. That's amazing. Wow. By the way, uh, Keith Everett says, my guy Pudney. Uh, Pudney's a young, young boss. boss. So, uh, all right, let's, let's get started. Yeah, let's get started with some, uh, some, you know, some game. Let's start <laughs> dropping some game on these folks. What so, is one of the first things you want to mention? So real quick, what is the podcast? I want, I want everybody to be conscious of what they're listening to this podcast. So what's the podcast about? Uh, What's this specific podcast going to be about? Most common issues when selling your deals. Okay. Right? And by the way, this can apply to anything. It doesn't have to be applied. We're going we're gonna to direct it toward real estate because that's the language that we speak. But obviously, this can be directed to any other uh, deals, that you, oh. any other business or deals that you conduct because a deal is a deal in any, any type of business. So uh, tune in. Have any, Even if you have a different business model, ask, ask away. Go so ahead. So I'll put, I'll put putting you on the hot seat. Mm. What's the number? I mean, you're in this. You breathe, eat. I yep. mean, you handle millions and millions, and you've sold millions in, in assets. Like, what's the number one issue that you see on the disposition side? Um, I would say the biggest issue is, I mean, getting your, your property in front of more eyes, you know, more mm. more buyers seeing the property, and then buyers trying to back out, you know, either middle of the transaction towards the end of the transaction. Okay, so let's, let's hit the limited exposure then. So mo- mo- most investors, they probably have two or three cash buyers in their pocket that they sell all their deals to, mm-hmm. and... I, that was me, and and at one point that was you guys <laughs> that was too. Us at some point, yeah, well, we've all been through we've that, that process. We've yes. evolved. 
how does somebody go from having the two, three, you know, key relationships to growing their, their database or their cash buyers list? Yeah. So, I mean, it really starts with talking to more people. Um, you're not really going to grow your list if you're still selling to the same, you know, Joe and Schmo. Um, so, I mean, I would definitely get out there and talk to more people on Facebook, Instagram, yeah. social media is very powerful nowadays. So you're going to start by talking to more people doing this. Let me add something to that because this is, uh, these are some, I've again, just listening to these two guys. I've learned a lot, you know, I, yeah. I, I was, I used to do this bow and then they did, they absolutely just kicked me out of that seat cause they were much better at disposition. <laughs> I had a really soft heart, you know, <laughs> and uh, I think that I was more of an acquisition guy, right? So <laughs> let me say this. Um, I feel like you, you're you absolutely correct. The more eyes on the prize, the 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 better for you, right? The, the, the better the interest level uh, uh, for us, right? I'll say this, cashbuyersplus.com, what I would do, because a lot of folks struggle to get cash buyers, right? Mm-hmm. So why don't you tell them what cashbuyersplus.com is? So, I mean, this is not a sales pitch, but I mean, part, part of the problem with the limited exposure, which Putney just highlighted over, is you don't have enough people to see your property. So it's, it's as simple as this. When you have a deal, people post it everywhere they can. When you have, uh, if, if you go back to the basics, people post stuff on, on Facebook, they post stuff on Craigslist or anywhere. But the reason for that, because you want to have unlimited exposure, the more exposure you have, you never know what, who's on the other end of that, of, that, of that screen or who's on the other on the receiving end. So what you want to do is you want to have as much uh, eyes on your property, on your deal, on your even phone if you're trying to sell your phone. So uh, uh, for the properties, for real estate, if you want to have tens of thousands of cash buyers, just go to cashbuyersplus.com and you'll have tens of thousands of cash buyers in there. And your 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 first problem of limited exposure is solved. Right now, you can use obviously utilize marketing channels to put the property out there. So that's the first. That's the first. Would you say that's the first step of yeah. having? Ha- I think, having I think solid to, cash to simplify that. Okay, so limited exposure equals limited cash buyers. If you mm-hmm. have limited cash buyers, you have limited contacts. Correct. Right? And so cash buyers plus can give you those contacts, you, you so be- that you can you can vet and qualify. And, uh, you know, maximize, and maximize, maximize, you know, your, your exposure on, on, on that property because mm-hmm. folks don't understand, like people work so hard to get these deals. Not everybody can land a deal. Like Mm-mm. it's taken people like, you know, like me and Sal, it took us six months to get our first deal. It took you nine months nine to get months your first yeah. deal. Right. So, uh, back to, um, the cashbarsplus.com thing. What I would do is I would personally not do the busy work. I would get a virtual <clears throat> assistant to literally filter out a lot of those cash buyers mm-hmm. in your area ask them if you know pick up the phone and just ask them hey are you still actively purchasing in this area etc absolutely we, we do about this many you know send them a uh, so there, a, there's two ways of doing this and we had we talked about this last elaborate. time to someone so yeah. um we were just explaining this to someone so you should always have like your preferred list and you should have your mass list and um because before we always kind of commingled everything together and that's the problem um, you got the mass list that you don't know who you're hitting, and then after that, you you kind of brought that down to your to your preferred list. Let me ask you so, this: out. What would the the more private list like? What would qualify somebody to making that list? Absolutely, and that, I wanted to put me to put me. Yeah, please go ahead and and explain based on those two. So again, lists. guys, question is: What what is it? Who qualifies to be on the on the private list or the first? And how list? to qualify them? I like that. I yeah, like so that. the biggest thing for that is um, going through their – I mean, if you've ever dealt with a transaction with them or if you've seen them do transactions in the past. So, like, if you're going through a neighborhood and you see them buying multiple and multiple deals, vet them, see what they're doing, how much they're looking to spend, cash, hard money, et cetera, and then that's how you're going to vet them on the VIP versus just somebody doing their first deal. 
Absolutely. But then how do you get in contact? So let's say you have a list of 50,000 people right now. Mm. What, what would you do to broth that down to your, because you're, you're, you're doing it both at the same time. Cause that's yeah. the way we do it. We like to do it both at the same time. Then, that's but right. in the process, it, it starts building up the other list. What would you do? Um, let's say you started today for, for, for the new, uh, real estate investor for the new, any business, what would you do first? You get that big list and then what? So you get the big list. Um, what you're going to do is you're going to upload it into some sort of sending email system and you're going to send like an mass. opening. Yeah. A mass email system. Which ones do, would you recommend? Just there's, a, there's, a, there's really three to four solid ones out there, right? Yeah. MailChimp, um, SendGrid is one as well. Um, I know that there's a few other ones as well, but I would recommend MailChimp to start because it's really cheap uh, and it's easy contact? to upload. Uh, constant contact. Constant so th constant. there's something to elaborate on that. So <laughs> MailChimp has been great for a while, but then they have a lot of limitation. You can't upload thousands of, you can't even upload a th more than a thousand, I think, um, of contact without being flagged. So uh, there is other services out there that allow you. I think it's called drip.com. There is constant contact. There's AWeber, which is a little tougher too. Um, uh, what else? Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, and try those. And there's another service called SendGrid. Uh, try those services. Mailchimp has gone. If you have a grandfather account from before, you're good. You can upload without problems. But if you don't have that grandfather account, Mailchimp has kind of gone away from that. So I don't recommend as a first option as Mailchimp. Would you agree? Um, I would agree. Now, it, as long as you can vet where you're getting these people from, you'll be okay. Yeah, I know that's yeah. also another it thing with Mailchimp. Spam, it won't spam. You it's not going to spam you out. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So back to the cash buyers. Why is it a very why is it very important? Uh, why is it very important to have a uh, variety of different cash buyers uh, available to or, or you know to look at your property to expose the property to them? Why? Right, because you're gonna have your different list of whether it be VIPs, regular people. You're gonna have deals that you're gonna send to first time buyers that are gonna be looking for. I mean, different price points, different areas. I mean, you're not gonna sell a first time buyer a million dollar flip when they have you know only a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars to spend. So it's all about price points and where they're looking to spend their money. What about um, what about the way that you know the 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 capability of, of funding that property? You know they, they you know some people uh, some people can fund it with just straight cash. Some people do need hard money. Some people got private money. Right? Uh, isn't that important? Doesn't that play a factor on maximizing on every deal? Correct. Yeah. So I mean, people with more liquid cash are going to be able to pay just a little bit more because they're not paying the fees. They're not paying the um, you know the origination junk costs in the front. Mm -hmm. So those are going to be a little bit higher price buyers. If you are locking up a deal a little bit higher, mm -hmm. I would put them in their own list. Mm, I like that. So you like to you like to separate. You like to know your buyers very well. Correct. Yeah. That's that's very smart. So within those lists, you actually separate them and in, like into different categories. Yep. Uh, I mean, like exactly what they're buying, zip codes, um, where they're getting the money from. If they're a doctor, if they got a family member, mm -hmm. like. We know exactly where they're funding these deals and how they're buying them. Not to overwhelm people, like <laughs> this is okay to ha like this is okay to to actually build up like within time, right? We, it's not going to happen overnight. No, this no, over. Yeah, yeah, this is years, so, years in the making. Uh, but this yeah. is like the the years and exactly the years in the making. Yeah. So it's, so do do not get overwhelmed. You don't have to do this from the beginning. Yeah. This ob obviously is going to like uh, refine itself within time. So don't do not get overwhelmed <laughs> with this. Can I ask a question <laughs> real quick? Hey guys, uh, we're about to get into the uh, thick of of uh, the stake here. Can you guys uh, show my man Putney some love? If you guys are so far, if you guys are finding this very informative, if you guys are, are finding this very valuable, this this disposition information, can you guys show some hearts and show some loves, and just tell them thank you for coming on board today because we got a lot to talk about, and these strategies are gonna make you or help you make so much money uh, immediately. It's gonna have an immediate impact on your business right now. Right. If you're selling a deal today, after this information. I mean, you are going to be able to maximize on that deal. So can we get some hearts, some love, 
And uh, and that way we can keep this going. Hearts, we got some hearts coming in. There I appreciate go. you guys. Thank you, Leo. I, I see you in there. All right. So let's yeah, let's continue on. We got seventy folks on online. So uh, what, what's what's another subject? I want to ask a up? question, Putney. If you had a deal, and guys, listen to this very well, because very carefully, because we have a mistake of selling deals like hot potatoes, right? Every every wholesaler when you start business, the business, or people have been in the business for. Many years, they still do the same mistake. Yep. So what is the biggest advice you can give someone? You have a deal today. What would you do? Hold. Did you guys hear what he said? Yeah. Hold. Why would you hold? So don't get anxious. Don't get anxious. It's real easy to look at twenty dollars to $30,000 when you're doing your first deal and just selling it quick so you can secure that funding. Hold it for as long as you can so you can try to make a few extra thousand because that's going to go right Sometimes back into double. your business. Even double, yeah. $20,000, 50000 and that's because you have enough time. Sorry, that's because you have enough time for they have enough time to see the deal. Their exposure. You exactly. have enough time to actually evaluate the deal. You have enough time to to maybe add more things to to like maybe even clean up the property if you need to be right. Correct. Yeah, and then plus there's even more like uh, like when you deal with older buyers, more veteran buyers, they do take two to three days to have a realtor run their comps, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and you know get their financing yeah. in place, and then like hey, I'll take it for 10k more. There By then you you've already sold it if you're selling it quick. But if you if someone called you right away and say, Hey, I want this deal. You know what? You know, we're gonna wait one to two days, I'll get back with you then. I love what someone told me the other day, uh, was at uh, the event and someone said, I wanna buy the deal. Uh and it's it, for, why is it not first 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 come, first serve? The answer would be if it was first first come, first serve, you wouldn't you wouldn't be on this phone call. Mm. You wouldn't have this deal. Mm. So mm. I mean that's another nugget. I like right? that, yeah. So um that's another reason. The other reason, what would you tell them? Why would why would you want to hold? If they're giving you the offer that you want right now, why would you hold? Because, I mean, the biggest thing is what I tell them is that, you know, it's not fair to everybody. I mean, there might be some buyers that are at work. You know, people have lives and people do other stuff. So it's not fair for me to sell you this deal when there could be 10 others behind you that just haven't seen it yet. I mean, if that was you, I mean, you wouldn't want me doing that to you, correct? Well, what would you suggest? To do it, like, do you tell them to submit an offer, or just tell them, okay, I'll get back to you? Um, I would always tell them to submit an offer, whether it be verbally, um, text, you know, text it, email it, whatever you got to do, just send that over, and you, obviously you're gonna get back to them regardless. Mm. Let me ask you this: before sending out a property, if you were to create like a checklist, what what would be some of the things that you would make sure that you have before sending it out to the buyers? Um, the biggest things are going to be photos and the current condition of the property and then some comps to kind of help you out. So when you're selling the deal, you know that you're selling it for a good number. Like for me, I always have a number that I know I like, so say I'm selling a property for 200. I know if I'm selling that deal for 200, anything over I'm winning. Mm. So at the end of the day, I know how much I'm maximizing. Let let me ask you something because this topic has been, been going around for a while. A lot of people say when we send out a deal, do we send the comps like, uh, like example comparables there or we don't? What what's your take on that? Because we've we've had we've done, done both. 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 Yeah. We've yeah. done both and you kinda dabble in between back and forth. So there's not a wrong or right answer to that. Yeah. It, can you explain what you usually do and why you do it? Yeah, so typically I don't really send out comps because we are selling to either um I mean if you're sending to to buy and hold investors, they're not gonna want to see a property that's worth one fifty mm-hmm. sending out for one thirty. So that right away is just gonna put a sour taste in their mouth. Mm-hmm. So I'd recommend you don't do it because a lot of times people are going, you know. Every buyer has a different way they're running comps. That's they're either right, going yeah. farther out, they're going different neighborhoods. Whatever they want to do, let them do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, think, you, I think I think that's key. Every buyer has different comps. A buyer may be very conservative and sees ARV you know, at two hundred. Somebody may say, "Hey, I can add add an addition and push this at two fifty. Yeah. Every buyer has different comps. So, with that said, like 
you sometimes like like for us, it's it's sometimes better to leave out the comps. Yeah, but we do because we do mention sometimes is average value average or ARV retail. Yep. So yeah, how much yeah. you how much you based on your opinion how much you think it's worth? Yeah, correct. Yes. So you always plant that seed based on your your yeah. numbers, but you don't give them hard facts why you got those numbers. You let them do correct. That, right? Yep. Okay. So you see, guys, uh, there's no wrong or right answer, but this is the way we do it. So and it's worked out great for us. Let me ask this: a lot of folks. A lot of folks get angry. A lot of buyers, a lot of end buyers get angry because they can't have the property right there and then. Is this correct? Correct. Yes. And normally they go into some kind of, uh, you know, some kind of bully mode, some kind of shark mode, right? I mean, that's happened to me. It's happened to Sal. It's happened to you. It's happened to you yeah. plenty of times. Yeah. So the first question is, it's not a bidding war. Correct. Well, actually, there is, there is a good question. That's Jeff, Ball, that's right? Jeff Ball just asked you a question right now. Can you uh, okay. can you read that question? Okay, so Jeff Ball, by the way, I was talking to him this morning. Uh, he's much a, he's love. A, he's a major much 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 love to our boy, uh, our man Jeff Ball. It's good to hear from you, man. Yeah, how do you avoid upsetting VIP buyers that pay cash when they say, "Here's the offer for what you want," and you ask them to now compete with others for that deal? Okay, what do you what do you do in that case? Yeah, so in that case, I mean, even today, I still run into that issue. Um, kind of like we were talking about before, you just let them know, like, hey, you know, unfortunately, this is how our business has run for two to three years. I can't change it just for you. I can't change the way we've always done business just for one person. But what I can do is make sure before I sell this, I will give you a call just so we can start building that relationship, just so they feel important. Okay. Uh, I I like I like that approach, but Mr. Jeff, and this is, uh, obviously, we built this um to, to run a business, right? Because a lot of wholesalers run, treat this business as a uh, hustle. As a hustle yeah. And especially when it comes to the sales side, they work so hard to get the property and sometimes it takes them a and year. They spend, and they spend and, so much money getting and money, the And then sometimes they sell within a minute, within one one conversation. So uh, we have to maximize, obviously, to to allocate the funds to like purchase more properties. Yep. And uh, sometimes sometimes it's understandable that the, the end buyer doesn't see that. But my, my, my say in this, which is, I like what you said, but... We're not doing a bidding war. You're not asking him to, to, to compete with other buyers. We, we simply ask to put your best and highest offer. When we say asking price is usually lower than what we're going to get just to get bites on the – just it's, it's a marketing technique. Yeah, yeah, more impressions on, on the property. Because, and you do explain that on the, on the email. Yeah, we do. The, we right? say, hey, we usually get higher than asking price. Reason is we put that because you got some people that like to see a price first before they open up an email or they see that one thing that grabs their attention. So we put that number just so we can get more impressions. But the, the important thing is not, is not the price that we put on there. The, the important thing that we, we care about is you as a, as an investor making money at, for this deal. Therefore, you're going to run your own numbers. So we expect the end buyer to run their own numbers and give the give give the price based on their own numbers that they ran. So we don't ex, we don't expect you to give us what we want. We expect you to to give us what you want, and based on that number, we'll decide whether this is a deal or not. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. If this is a is this the approach that you take? Correct. Yes. And do you force people to outbid each other? If they someone said, hey. I'll give you whatever your highest you offer is. I'll, forth, I'll give you yeah. five grand over that. What would you say? No, I mean, I really don't like going back and forth and either do people. So, I, I mean, know it's not even that. Yeah. Ethically, I, I, we don't do this ethically. Yeah. If you told me today, whatever your highest offer, I'll pay a grand over or five grand over, I would, t I would tell you, I, I don't, I'm not going to tell you my highest offer because that won't be fair to the other buyer. Yeah. So we have to play this very ethically. It's not a bidding war. We only simply ask for the highest, for the best offer that you can offer. Whether it's the highest one or the best one that works for your organization, 
So bidding war is absolutely not a bidding war. And we're silent auction. Yeah, yes. it's, it's it's like a soft auction almost, yeah. right? If you go downtown to to the courthouse and you're, I mean, you're kind of running into the same thing. But again, as the end buyer, you're never going to buy a property that's not going to make you money. And that was my next question to you: was Are your clients happy? Correct. And I think you just said the biggest thing: they're not just buyers; they're clients. Yeah, are we, your, we, we take care of them from you know from the beginning to the end. Yeah, are they happy? Do they come back for more? Exactly, hundred percent. And that's also what I tell them as well. Is like you're not. I'm not here to make just five to ten k on one deal. I'm looking to make a hundred thousand plus on ten plus deals together, because mm-hmm. you know it's all about the, the longevity. And you truly and believe in that. So it Correct. is a win win. One hundred percent. Yes. Okay. Well, I guess I mean that means that you're doing things the right way. If if, if the client keeps coming back, uh, that means he's being taken care of and he's making his money at the end. That's right. Well, That's us right. sitting on this seat right now, guys, have we've we've had months that we've done one deal only, right? And how much? And maybe like two months before that, three months before that, we didn't get a deal. And you look at your expenses as a business owner and marketing. Let's say you spent twenty grand in three months. Yeah. And then you're trying to sell this deal to, for ten grand, and someone sees you making ten grand, but they don't know that you're actually negative ten grand. Yeah. Like the cash buyer, marketing, don't, yeah. the marketing, the, the the running the business, they don't see that. People don't know what they don't know, right? Exactly. They don't know that you had to spend, you know, four or five grand. That was your cost per deal, so you're actually not even making like ten thousand dollars. You're making like four. Sometimes to five, more, right? They don't know that you know you you have to you know pay commission to the guy that's getting it for you, your acquisition guy. They don't know you have to pay uh, for you know an office and there's overhead involved. Just like we don't know how much the end investor, the end the end client or the cash about, buyer is is spending on the property. Yeah, right? think about this way: like who's who's risking more, the the acquisition uh, company or wholesale company, or the end buyer who has a physical asset. The right wholesale in front company, of right? Because we. We uh we bet our money on thin air, and yeah. that that you blast that, out tens of thousands of dollars every single month, right? and you hope for a return, and then you hope that something for lands. a cash buyer or a client they don't have to do they, that. They they buy a physical asset like buying a car, buying a house. You know, like you see your money right there, and then it's a lot easier to digest than something that you're throwing on thin air. Oh, and yeah. and unfortunately, a lot of cash buyers don't see that, or a lot of cash clients don't see that because. They haven't seen that side of the business. It's not their fault. But we're here to to kind of inform you. Like there, there's a lot of money that's spent in the back end, and there's yeah. a lot of hours that's put in there. When you see that final number when you're signing papers, that's really not that final number. There's a lot of work behind it. There's a lot of money being spent behind that. All right. So Sergio says, can I return the earnest money to a buyer if they cancel the transaction? I mean, that's up to you. But I mean, technically, that varies, no. Right? Yeah, that it varies. varies. Yeah. It depends. Like. If 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 the how if the property wasn't what you described, if the property you know the property was like let's just say like he oh. find he finds foundation issues, you know, and you d- never said you never stated hey by the way there's foundation issues, then at this point you can a renegotiate, if if you know if it's something that's fixable, or two or or b, uh, I think it's ethically right yeah. to return the money, you know, and, and this is a thing that people don't understand, you know. Uh, a guy early in our, when we were bar- uh, barely beginning, he said, guys, this is a reputation business. So reputation is everything. No matter, you know, what moving part you are in the equation of real estate, 
You still have a reputation. He has a reputation as his asset manager. We have reputation as business owners. You have a reputation as business owners. But see, the the the, the perception that was painted by the, those cash uh, by the the big investors. So when you come to the business, you'll you'll run into a lot of big investors, and and unfortunately, the big investors try to bully the the the, the smaller the smaller Especially investor the also. Yeah. yeah, and you know it, it's. It's okay. I understand why because someone is like, you know, this is a this is a new person that's in business, but there's a lot of work that's being put behind this and um, I almost forgot what I was going to talk about earlier because someone just asked a question I want to to elaborate on that, but I'll get back to it because I just forgot it. Um, this is this is horrible. I shouldn't forget what I because that's it was okay. very it was very very important to to talk about this. Um, I can ask this. Do you ever have the case where the buyers don't offer enough money? Like, so I, I think what they're trying to ask is let's say you blast out a property for asking price, 175 grand, and nobody comes up to that 175. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, that does what happen. What would you do first? Um, what I would do, I mean, if nobody at all is making that offer, um, we always have people at least submit a offer. Okay. So whether it be lower, higher, our asking, like we always have an offer just so we can see where we're at. Because if we're getting nobody at 175, but we're getting like 10 people at 160, 165, that means then our deal is too high. Also, though, also, would you try this before you get before you take that step? Would you try hopping on the phone, have the department hop on the phone and try to reach out to as many people as possible? Because let's be honest, again, you know, like they say in the car business, there's a butt for every seat, right? Correct. So there could be somebody out there for this property. Mm -hmm. They may have just not seen it through right. email or text mm -hmm. or whatever. So would you, first and foremost, yes, get an offer, but second, have the department start burning some phones and say, hey, did you see this property, right? Was that something that you would also do? Yes, 100%. Facebook okay. groups. Yeah, Facebook groups, Facebook Craigslist, groups, yeah. Instagram. By the way, Ace says, uh, Ace uh, Karimi mm -hmm. says, uh, my man Pudsy. Yo, yo. Jeff says, great discussion, guys. All the best and happy holidays. Need to jump off. Thank you, Jeff. Thank it you. was a Better pleasure uh, speaking you. to you this morning, brother. Much love to you and the family. So, uh, Lucas, what strategies do you guys have if a buyer wants to back out a day before closing? Mm. Ouch. It has that happened. is yeah. hard. I think you got to have, okay, I'll say this. It's good to have a backup strategy right, at all times, yeah. whether it's some hard money in line or your own finance funding in line. That's always good, especially if it's a good there, deal. There's two components that goes into Let's this. Go. And yeah. Pudney, you, you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, so I mean, you have to find the reason why they're backing out to it. I mean, if it's just like, oh, you know what, I'm just not going to buy the deal anymore, that's when you have a really big issue. But if it's due to like financing, make sure to always have at least, because with us, we always have at least one person in backup just in case. But I mean, if you're yeah. getting all the way to the finish line and you're not sure if this guy is financing is set up, then. So so uh, let me explain it a little bit better. The way we do it in our company, so we have a backup buyer always. And number two, their earnest money is not refundable. So there is skin in the game. If they back out, that means like it's a hard decision. What do you ask for uh, for earnest. Uh, EMD? Earnest is either three grand, five grand, or ten grand, depending mm -hmm. on how the, the size of the deal. But there is something that's really, really major for this. So in in the initial contract that we, we when we acquire the property, let's say it's it's supposed to close um, uh, in, in twenty days from now. Our contract between the end buyer is usually about a week before that. Because in our contract it says 20 days or less, th just an example. So now if that buyer backs out a day before, guess what we have? Now we have Additional eight days. days. So now we have eight days to put the other buyer, the, the backup buyer in place. And guess what? You still have the earnest money for the initial buyer. 
and th therefore you're you're protecting your asset and you're protecting the the, the home seller uh, so you don't have you don't have to fund the property yourself uh, or you you don't back out it from the deal one thing that I also want to add to that is to all the wholesalers out there listen don't just put a property under contract just, just to, to put it under contract mm -hmm. like don't do that you are you're creating first and foremost you're burning your own reputation second you're putting a lot of people in a bad spot you know you're putting the home seller in a bad spot uh, you're putting yourself in a bad spot wasting time you're wasting people's time I mean there's there are lives on the line here when it Absolutely. comes to these transactions yeah. this isn't this isn't your, this isn't an ATM withdrawal you know this is a huge transaction these sellers only do this type of transaction once twice maybe three times in their entire life so do not just do not do that that's all I absolutely I want to say. absolutely. Uh, and again, guys, um, there's another thing that we talk about. You have the gold. You control the property. Like you, the, the the end buyer has something that you need that you worked yeah. very very hard for to get. So don't don't like take the credit away from yourself. Uh, like you have the gold, Putney. What do you have? We have the golden egg. You have the golden egg, mm -hmm. and, and you treat it as such. Yep. And and uh, by the so the topic I was talking uh, the topic I was talking about earlier is trying to remember what it is, and now it just hit me. So uh, unfortunately, perception. Uh, and the new buy the 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 big buyers, big cash fish. buyers, the big yeah, the big whale, big fish tries to you know attack the small fish when they're first starting, and they may they paint the picture as you know if you're gonna shop it around if you do, if you call me I'm buying it and that's it if you're gonna shop it around you know you're you're being unethical this this and that that is absolutely wrong guys that. If someone is telling you this, that means they're looking for their best interest, their own, their their own, own interest, their, their own interest, and they're no one else's. They don't care about you because they they do that to how many people you think. They don't. You, they think that you're gonna get them one deal every once in a while. So they do that to a bunch of people. So they get they get the price they want and they bully you. But when Carlos was saying that it's people, it's a, it's a small community, right? They they attack you. That's a small community. You know, if you do something wrong, I'll make sure no one buys from you. And they try to attack you with that strategy. Do not listen to that. A buyer will always buy a good deal. So don't ever listen to someone telling you that they're gonna they're gonna talk about you or it's a small community. And guess what? The way we're doing it. There is nothing unethical that we're doing it. We're doing it very ethically. We're just taking the best offer that we can take, just like any other business. We're not. We're not. We're not. Uh, we're not fighting for you with you to get the, to sell the deal to you. We're just asking you to submit your offer, and we're doing it in a very ethical way. I just asked Pudney if Jaden. Uh, we call him Pudney. <laughs> we asked Jaden if if someone offered you five grand over an unknown number that someone over the number, yeah. you wouldn't take it because you yeah. you're playing very ethically. Yeah. And so don't let anyone treat you as such or make you feel like you're not being ethical by doing that those methods or by trying to run the business the way you think is best to be ran. Because if you are limited to one cash buyer that controls your business, I've then you happen. are then you are an employee now. You don't own your own business. You're an employee to that cash buyer. You're you're just a marketer for that person. <laughs> You might as well. Just, I would just, say, yeah, you, you consider consider yeah. yourself yeah. the marketing manager for that buyer, right? So uh, there was a few questions that came in, and I like this one. Brian Salmon says, "Do you add a clause in your assignment contract that states the buyer forfeits EMD and agrees to release EMD if they don't perform, as most auto companies won't release EMD without buyer signing off?" Yes, we do, and that and that is a big thing. As you go down the road, um, you're going to get to that point where if you don't have that clause in your contract, 
you're going to be like, okay, well, I'm taking my buyer's EMD. Title legally cannot release that without the sign-off from both parties. Mm -hmm. But you can add a clause that says buyer forfeits and must be automatically released the day of the, the buyer can, uh, cancels the deal. And then they don't have to get a And they don't have to them. sign anything. But see, you, you protect yourself release. by having that way before the, the deadline. Yeah. Exactly. Like yep. Forfeit. Yeah. Yep. Plus, yeah. we also have a per diem in our contract. Personally, that's $1,000 per day they go over the day of closing. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, it's we, been well enforced. We, uh, we, we had a case where uh, on one of uh, rental properties I sold, and uh, the guy, how many days? Like four, four days. Four days, yeah. yeah. Four day, the guy was supposed to close on like a Monday. He ended up closing on Friday. And because of that per diem, $1,000 a day, we got an extra four thousand mm -hmm. dollars. That yeah. is crazy. Yeah, he wasn't too happy, but <laughs> it is what it <laughs> is, is. You signed is, it. This is a good question. Chris Sapar says, "Hey, what's sad is that a lot of these cash cash buyers are actually not even buyers. They're just daisy chainers, right? Don't we have something in the agreement that prevents them daisy chaining and double assigning, triple assigning, quadruple assigning that yes. property? It's a yes and no, though. Some properties that we like, we we know like it's a like." It needs to be like they ask us though. Sometimes they say we have a middle person that we're yeah. okay. We we'll let them know that it's okay. Yeah, but it's it's very rare. Some, some I think the the thing with that is like some people do have relationships where like nobody else can pay that price. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when it's like a family member. Yeah, or, or exactly. it's very rare. So it, it, but it does happen. So yeah. When it comes to like double signing, that's the only kind of way you can justify it. Yeah, where they're not kind of going behind your back. Yes. Yeah, mm. I agree. Okay, um, how do you hold your ground? As a, as a, you know, this position manager, like, how do you hold your ground? I'm sure people try to bully you all the time. How, how would you hold your ground? Uh, professionally and, and, you know, how, how do you hold it? Professionally, always. Um, I used to do it the other way that wasn't as professional. It did come back to buy me quite a few times. I got a few phone calls. Yeah. Every time he would do that, I would get phone calls. Yeah. Mm. And so, I mean, because that's just kind of like, I think <laughs> your, inner, your inner ego, like, hey, why is this guy trying to fight me? I'm going to fight him back. And that's not it's what you can business. do. And it's just yeah. business. Of that. And that's what you got to realize. And I, so I took the emotion out of it and just stated like, hey, I mean, this is this is what it is. I mean, I'm not going to be bullied into, you know, making a decision or anything. Like, that's I right, don't need yeah. to do anything with you. I don't. Mm. And then you move In a on professional to manner. In a professional manner, yes. You don't yeah. fight people. You don't try to pull up. Like, <laughs> pull up. <laughs> well, uh, you know what's crazy? That I had a phone call with this one guy. I don't want to mention his name. I remember he was screaming, screaming, and yelling. Mm -hmm. The guy almost gave me anxiety. He's like, who do you think you are? You're just an employee. I'm like, and I'm like, I just let him vent for like 15 minutes. I'm like, first and foremost, I am one of the owners of the he company. He was having issues. And, and number two is, I am not obligated. I, all, I, all I told you is submit your best and highest offer. Well, I gave you this number. You better take it now, he said. Oh, my God. And if I don't, he's going to tell everybody about me. And all I said, it's go ahead. <laughs> uh, and I said, you yeah. know, I mean, I'm like, I really fought myself. Like, I, I held myself. I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to go to this guy's, like, level. level yeah. And thankfully, I didn't. Uh, because the guy like was pushing it and pushing it and pushing it, and at the end of the day, all I said is, uh, so "He wanted blood." I, I, and, and guess what he did? He asked around afterwards. He called me, like a couple hours later, apologizing because he thought he was met. He was he was like dealing Going with this, a little guy with a little guy, and oh. then he started apologizing. He's like, "I am," so, <laughs> and uh, regardless, you know. But that shouldn't happen. Even if he was talking to a little guy, like you can't yeah. push a guy. It's disgusting. The way people treat each other in this business sometimes, it's it's, it's awful. Yeah. You know what happens? It's because there's so much money on the line that people people lose themselves. Yeah. They yeah. lose themselves. Well, see, money amplifies the person that you, you already are, but 
I, it gets ugly. Like it gets super ugly, especially when you see it. Like you're, you're. It's like you owe you owe them a favor now. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> People, you know, yeah, you know, it's like that old saying, right? Like, uh, you really get to find out who's who when there's money on the table, you know? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and it's disgusting, you know, when uh, when you when you figure out, like, man, I really thought highly of this person. Now there's a money transaction, and now this guy's turning and into sometimes a werewolf. Like a few thousand. A few crazy. thousand, yeah. Like 3,000, 5,000, 10,000. Yeah, we, we, we've cut off buyers for petty, you know, stuff. I'm but hey, not to I, curse either, but... Yeah, petty stuff that they've done. In this like, one time, I cut off his buyer for a broken window. He, you cut him off for a broken window? He broke, broke the window? window? No, no, no. The window got broken at closing, and he just blew up on me. He's like, I'm not paying for the window. Like, I don't know what happened, and it was just a teardown mobile home. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> He's like, I'm never going to deal with you again. Just close the deal. I said, okay. Over a broken window. Over a broken window, mm-hmm. huh? Wow. That, that, that person does not belong in this business. I mean, he's not very logical, right? So... Uh, what other things would you guys like to go over that could be very, very helpful? Think about some questions. Anything you want you want to bring up or say? Um, I, I think another topic we can go over is um, setting up walkthroughs with mm. buyers as well. I, I like that. By the way, uh, Jalen White, I'm sorry that I did not reach out to you yesterday, and I know it was your birthday. I don't know if you did. It's his birthday? I did. I yeah, he his, did. I saw that. It's his birthday? Uh, Jalen White, happy birthday, uh, our happy really birthday. good brother. Uh, happy birthday, brother, okay? I don't know where you are these days. We need you on the podcast. We yeah. do. We Much <laughs> love for you, man. Uh, yeah, this is an entrepreneur's podcast. So, Jalen, I know you got a lot of other business ventures going. We'd love to have you on soon. And uh, you're a brother to us. Always will be. Much love. Happy birthday. Let's talk about, um, let's talk about uh, walkthroughs. How do we set that up? You got 30 people that are like, I want to. I want to see it. I want to see it. I want to see it. How do you set that up? That's a very common, common uh, issue. Correct. Yes. And so, I mean, the biggest thing is you're trying to vet these people before they go over, because especially if there's a seller home and <clears throat> excuse me, and you're having a buyer meet the sellers, that can get real messy real quick. Um, you, would you recommend for somebody new to be there? Yes, if you're brand new or if it's local, like in your backyard, definitely be there. So you can kind of, I mean, even now when when it's out of the state, like Texas, California, we have a boots in the ground kind of mitigate like what's going on. Like mm-hmm. there's no conversations. It's just don't talk, walk through, walk out. That's it. Mm. How do you position that buyer? Like, do you do you tell the seller, hey, one of our buyers is going through? Like, what? How do you position? Obviously that? not. Yeah. So we tell them it's a contractor, or an insurance agent, something like that. I mean, if it's a woman, we'll tell them like we have a um, you know a decorator coming through, take a look at the property. And then we always tell the buyers, like, hey, you look, you know you're going through as a contractor. Don't talk about price. Don't talk about the property. If you have any questions, ask me after. And most people know the game, but it's just good Correct. to throw yeah. that out yeah, there because absolutely. there are some disgusting individuals, right? Yeah. Um, the other thing is the actual agreement, um, it does, there's a term in there that does allow uh, us people, some of our people, to actually walk through there. Correct. Right. Yeah. So another one that you guys can use is like private money lender. Like there's our money partner. There's our money partner walking, yep. walking by yep. the property. But that's probably the most common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you also want to reiterate the fact that hey, everything is fine because you know when you're like, oh, my money partner's coming through. People are like, whoa, 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 whoa. I thought this was a done deal. Right? Yeah. Why? Why? You know? Yeah. No, no, no. Everything's good. He, we had a, he just wants to see the property. We had a we told a, a buyer to go in as a contractor, and like the lady was asking, I forgot what deal it was. The lady was asking the the contractor if he could do another job oh <laughs> at, a, at a different house. Like whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my goodness. I mean, like if an insur- insurance agent goes and uh, yeah, like hey, I have a house. I need insurance. And they're like, what? <laughs> it does get real tough. We had a we had a seller. Um, she asked our, one of our contracts, like, hey, he came through, but. He didn't have a measuring tape. Like, he didn't have anything with him. Like, how is he a contractor? Why are you hiring him? 
and oh. it just got he's yeah. that good guy yeah. he's a pro <laughs> he's he a just pro. looked at it well you know he what it. <laughs> guys and this is just like growing pains at the beginning like yeah. as as when you start doing more deals you can start taking deals down yourself you know you can double close you can you can uh, get some hard money you can get some private money and then and then to have your time and have an open house at the property yep. right there there is there's multiple methods yeah. so there's a soft auction where they can submit offers uh, online and that you can only show it to the one that you choose that's yep. one way. But if the property is vacant, would you do an open house, like a like an auction style? Yes, as long it as sellers... Hurt. Yeah, it, I mean, it doesn't hurt. I mean, if you have access to it, keys to it, I mean, why not? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can try to set up somebody to go over there all at once rather than, you know, set up buyers during the week, give them a lockbox code. You can deal with any objections right then and there and hopefully even sell the property right then and there. And the third way, if you if you have enough funds, you take it down the property and then you clean it up a little bit and then now you have unlimited time for people to walk the property yep. and get the most money out of it. That's the fun part. That's the fun part, right? We yes. just locked, we just closed one today, right? Yesterday, yeah. Oh, yesterday. Yep. Okay. So nice. let me ask this. Um, I didn't I didn't understand this question. What do you guys do when a seller asks to keep them? the minerals to the property mineral the rights mineral? mineral rights texas yeah oh um we've rarely dealt with I that, didn't know that. <laughs> yeah i, I mean that's a big that. thing in texas I had no um, idea. Oh yeah God. because there there's uh there's drilling that happens a lot in texas so they there's mineral rights and there's a property so a lot of times the like we had a seller try to do that but we're like hey mineral you gotta sell like everything there's oil under it or something yeah or they know? they keep the rights to the property like if they want to come back and drill which is crazy like if you're selling a flip Oh like they God. want the rights to come I mean, back and drill. I don't. I, I don't recommend it. No, no, no. <laughs> Sell everything. Sell yeah, everything yeah, all you, once. you have you have to relinquish every. Yeah, yeah, yeah relinquish every. absolutely not. So real quick, uh, Warner says yeah. the template for the email that you send to buyers. What do you mention and what don't you mention? That's a good That's question. Good question. So the thing, I mean, our emails are very basic, just like our text messages. We just talk about the address, the price, um, a little bit about it. You know, the bed and bath square footage. And then we have a link to our website with the photos. We don't mention comps. We don't mention uh, we don't mention like any photos on there because your goal is to drive them to the website or wherever you have all your properties to get them to look at everything. Do you do you recommend having a website? Yes, one hundred percent. Why is that? Um, the biggest thing is because when you just send a Dropbox link, they're only looking at that one deal at a time. Yeah. When you have a website, they can look at like, oh, hey, look, you have this one in Vegas, but I'm also interested in this one in Arizona. Oh, I'm not interested in this one, but I would like to buy this one. You yeah. get more eyes. and you, I've sold many deals by people like, hey, I didn't want this deal, but I want your other deal. You know what's crazy? I, for the longest time when I used to disposition without having the website, the problem was that someone is like, oh, well, you have another deal. Send me the information. So I have to go find <laughs> that email while driving, then find the Dropbox, mm-hmm. and then and then send him. And like, how to submit your offer? You go here. And it was like going to three different Hectic, places yeah. trying to send it. Now it's all it's all simplified in one place, and you don't even have to tell them about other properties. They can just go and see it. Yeah. And and therefore you're creating opportunity within. Exactly. So let's so let's, let's um guys real quick let's get some Q and A's going. All right, let's get some Q and A's going. Seven minutes. We've been uh, yeah one seven minutes. We're at fifty three minutes here. So let's get some Q and A's going for Mr. Putney. But another uh, question that I have for Mr. Putney is actually kind of a fun one. What is what is one of the worst things you've ever found? Or give me what's give one me, of the worst? <laughs> yeah, give me a top stories. Give me a top three thing that you've ever found. Uh, in a property after you know whatever after it's been this uh, if after it's been empty or whatever or vacated that's a tough one we found some really disgusting have you ever found things. poop oh oh my god i found a lot of poop what about that, those one pictures <laughs> how much <laughs> uh, oh that one house with a shit on the wall yeah what yeah was i walked the property what and happened? there was there was blood on the floor and there was just shit smeared all over the wall you think <laughs> i don't know person, what was going on well, you think they that? ate like something bad because i mean i don't know you got blood and crap 
I think that's I think that's kind of the worst. Mold. Um, we found needles inside properties. Drugs still actively being used. Like not old what stuff. What about fresh. when me and Sal were still dispositioning properties and uh, you got high the meth, off of the meth the, house? The meth oh house. my god! Yeah. It was uh, Carlito. You were there. You Carlito was yeah, with yeah. us. Yeah, Carlitos Carlitos was yeah. with us too. And uh, when we paid him ten dollars a visit. 20. Twenty bucks. I was saying twenty dollars every visit, and you came out high every time. The problem is that you would see people come in to get high into this house, and like, and they would leave. It's like kind of like a, you know, how you go to a Circle K, or whatever. Like people walk in, people walk out. It was kind of like that. Um, you walk in, there's someone on the couch laying down, and there's a needle in there. So I'm trying to show um, the, one of our buyers this property, which they ended up buying. Yeah. And then he sees me pull out cash. I'm like, he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I have to give them cash every time. So he's like, okay. And I'm like, bro, just, you know, there's some weird stuff going on here. So just be careful. You see them running a generator because they were tapped into the neighbors. <laughs> they were running a generator off of the car. Yeah, well, the they, were run, they, the were running, they, they were running power yeah, was... off the neighbors and they got cut off and they, they were running a generator and they were, they were selling like stolen bike parts. It was crazy. It was disgusting. And I'm showing him everything and there was like a swastika on the wall and then there was oh, this door that was crap. closed. There was this old man that just walked right before us on a bike and he, the, the, I didn't see the old man while walking the house and there was this closed door. So I'm like, okay, this is the last room we're going to see. There was one room we can even enter. I don't know why um, at that point. And so I'm like, okay, let's go to this last room. So I'm opening the door and I see this guy with like, with something, heating up something and there was a spoon, I don't know what else. And he was just taking a hit and there was a bunch of smoke. <laughs> I closed the door immediately and I turn around to Carlos and I said, run. He's like, wait, what's going on? He's trying to still go inside, see what's going on. I'm like, run. And I can taste, I can still taste it. It's what like, it tastes like, like rat poison? It, it, it literally like rat poison. Like, yeah. you know, when you have like that, like that, you got high off glass. That's disgusting. And then Carlos. Remember the rest of the day? And we're day? driving back, and Carly, Carlos is like, dude, I'm like getting like hot flashes. It, it, and he's like, he's oh. like, and he's like spitting. And he's like, what is this? Oh, yeah. You guys got, you guys got high off meth. Whatever that was. <laughs> I don't know what that <laughs> yeah. was. I mean, right, we were a good distance. So, I mean, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Here, oh. let me, let me say this. Uh, used to him wearing his hat. I thought Sal had hair. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, well, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you, Michael Dean. Michael Dean says, always giving amazing content. Momentum was amazing. Taking action already. Guys, if you miss momentum, let me say this. If you think momentum is all about real estate, you are dead wrong. Michael Dean, you better tell these folks, not only, yes, do you get cutting edge, the most highest level of real estate content, but it's mindset, spirituality, and then the real estate content. So, Absolutely. Uh, anyway, let's go to some questions for you, right? Yep. Uh, we learned the most from mistakes. Uh, biggest mistake you look back and said that will never happen to me again. Mm, good question. That good is a question, good question, Brian. Hmm. Um, I think one of the biggest mistakes was definitely um, kind of like I was talking about before was kind of bullying people and talking, trying to fight back, having your ego take over, mm. and putting too much emotion into the business. Mm -hmm. I, think I like that. That's one of the biggest things I took away from it. One of the biggest mistakes I made is because my emotions definitely played a big part in that, and and you know deciding on when to sell deals, how to talk to people, and I'm glad I really scaled that back now. Beautiful. Yeah. Another question for you. Uh, we'll take two more questions. Do you send every property out to every buyer, or do you do you do one-stop shops if you know a buyer will pay around your asking price? Where do you draw the line, especially with waiting for that good buyer to respond and wasting time when you could be finding other uh, others if they want it? Mm -hmm. Well, we, we talked about that earlier. Yeah. You, you never want to base your company off one yep. buyer. buyer. Or yeah. two or three. Yeah. 
Uh, Warner says, I found a black guy hiding in the closet. This was one of the tenants. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, was he naked? Someone okay. said, you um, literally held nothing back. I grew not only in real estate, but as a person. From love wow, that. Michael, that's amazing. I love that, Michael. Love that. Uh, Warner says, it was beyond amazing. Yes. Thank you. How many calls should my VA be making a day on an eight-hour shift? Ricky, Rick, uh, are you talking about how many calls as in, like, this is a disposition session? Are we talking about dispositions? Or what are we talking about? Uh, anyway, so we're about to log off here. I want to say one more, one more, one of the biggest mistakes, guys. Yeah. Uh, and, and this, and it's like, I sound like a broken record. Don't let anyone bully you because we have been bullied before to selling a deal. And that did not feel well, especially after you saw, like, if that person sells it to someone else and make a bigger spread than you, hmm. that, that is like, that's one of the most painful things because yeah. like you treat that deal so close to, like so close to home, right? That yep. deal, like you worked hard for it and then someone just bullied you, made you feel like crap that you have to sell it to them and then there they are, you know, like laughing laughing at you afterwards. Yeah. Yep. So don't, don't fall for those traps. Let me ask you this. Uh, Brian says, at what point is it okay to fire a buyer while still keeping your ego in check? Mm. Brian Salmons is coming with the questions today. Yeah. Bringing the heat, B. At what point is it okay to just get rid of this buyer and still, without, you know, your ego taking over? I mean, the point is when the line, um, when when they cross the line of they're not going to buy the deal. So once you find out, like, hey, this guy's not serious, um, that's when it draws the line. Like, hey, look, you know. He's a window shopper. Yeah, he's a window shopper. So, I mean, I'm here to make money. We're here to do business. If you're not about doing business, I'm sorry, but I, I can't waste any more time. Okay. I have to move on. I'm sorry. Justin sorry. says, what about title company? Do you all have multiple title companies? Yes, one per state. One per state. Yep. Okay, beautiful. Uh, and then Jesse says, how's the solar business going? Amazing. Um, uh, ahead of what we expected. Absolutely. It's ahead of schedule. Thank God. Thank God. Um, guys, I want to mention something. Uh, by the way, this community is is built by by you guys because you guys support us so much. And you, you these kind of questions are so amazing. So... Uh, what we've what we've done is we built one platform that we can have everything in one place. So if you go to allinnation.com, allinnation.com, where you can see podcasts, you can see updates, you can see services, you can see everything, uh, future events, which is, uh, speaking of events, Momentum was amazing. I I'm still get it. I'm still exhausted from Momentum because, uh, I mean, we, we left it. We left it on the stage for sure. Oh, my God. And, we and left you- our hearts. We left everything. Like, we gave we gave everything we had. We had was- over 30 inquiries uh, for the next Momentum, but we didn't have that open yet. So if you guys want to... The next Momentum is March 13th and 14th? 13th, 14th yeah. yeah. So if you want to go to attendmomentum.com. attendmomentum.com. Uh, and, that web- and you can go on to All in, All in Nation as well. It has that information. If you want to reserve your seat right now, we have early bird special so um if you want to reserve your seat go ahead and do that uh but before you do that go ask ask the people that attended and see if it impacted their life we'll take this last question from warner because he is a momentum attendee and uh, we have a lot of love for people that support us the way that warner supported us this past weekend top three questions to vet a new buyer Mm. that's a good question Mm. um my top three questions would be um cash or hard money when they're looking to close to vet them and um, how many other projects they have going on right now. Um, and, mm. I, and I think that follows up with what their LLC name is because they can talk as much as you want, but you can look them up at the end of the day to see what they're doing. Mm. Uh, I would like to add something to that. Putney, you've sold properties to people that has done, not done, done no deals before. Yes. Uh, so that doesn't, that doesn't 
that's not really vetting that person, but has those yeah. how much has that person paid? Has he paid more or less than the others? Typically, pay, they pay a little bit more because I'm holding their hand throughout the whole transaction. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't know what's going on. They don't know how to You're go to title. You're creating a buyer. I'm creating a buyer at that sense. And I've created many that now have bought, you know, houses for their families. They've done all kinds of stuff. They bought cars. They're buying, you know, they have rentals. And it's really good to see that happen. Mr. Putney's changing the community. There you yeah, go. I really so, so I'm glad I asked that question because, guys, just because someone hasn't done a deal before, do not scratch them out and think that they're not. Like, you can walk someone. You're literally teaching them how to flip their first deal. Guess what are they going to become? They're going to become your, your customer for life. That's right. Right? So don't take, don't, are you rubbing his hand? No. <laughs> uh, don't take, the camera don't, was on you. Don't take that away uh, from, uh, you know, from a, from a new person because guess what? We were all new at some point. Yep. And everybody loves that opportunity. As long as they're a good person and they're willing to do business, they're not just uh, wasting your time. All right. Last question. Why are you asking about how many projects? So, I mean, it comes down to the severity of how big you want this buyer, like how big you think they're going to be. That's and true. so you're, you're checking to see if they're real, too. So if they're coming in hot with like, hey, I'm doing five to ten deals right now, I'll pick up this one. Okay, what's your LLC name? And you see they only have one deal, then it shows that your relationship starting off with a lie. That's re- not how you want to start The reason why is like a lot of uh, daisy chainers, they'll, they'll throw that out there. They'll say, oh, I'm exactly. doing five, ten, twenty deals a month, sell me mm-hmm. this deal. It's just another one. Uh, and yeah. a daisy chainer term is what? Somebody that uh, wholesales a property that's... But they pretend re- to be a buyer. Yeah, pretends to be a buyer, but they wholesale the property to their list. Okay, you know what? These questions... Okay, here, real, real quick. Uh, Sal, this is probably for you. Um, when opening a business account, what NAICS code or business category are you guys using? I mean, you've opened up every account. Uh, for... Uh, we, we do real for estate. bank accounts. Oh, we, uh, it's real estate. For real estate, it is 100% real estate. Okay. Yeah. Um. Real quick, who takes pictures? Who takes your pictures for you on your virtual deals? So these are just, I mean, just local people there in the market. We find them on Instagram. Boots on the ground. Uh, we also do uh, boots on the ground. Yeah, we also do one, two, three notary. We have a lot of notaries go out yeah. to our properties That's now. A great one. They're very professional and they look like we they know what they're doing. Yeah, we, we go, go look. look com. Com. Yep. What about this? Where do you? Where do you? <laughs> Last go? question. Guys. Where do you go and see how many deals they're doing? So what you can do is, um, as long as you get their LLC name, you can go to your local uh, corporate commission, or you can go to opencorporates.com mm-hmm. and search the LLC. Then you can go and type that in your local monsoon, your local MLS. MLS yeah. Mm, I think we're good, right, guys? This yeah. Is, uh, I mean, this amazing, was, this amazing. Was nothing this was crazy. but crazy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing, Putney. Well, well guys, this Thank is you. episode thirty-two. Yeah. Show Wait. show Mr. Putney some love and uh, where can they know, uh, where can they find where can you? Where can they Jay? find you? Um, they can find me on Instagram, Jaden Putney, and then uh, Facebook as well. Mr. Jaden Putney, a.k.a. the Dispo And if somebody King. needs help selling a deal in any state, where can they reach you? Ooh, yeah, so if Fuse. you guys need any help at all selling any deals, um, equityfuse.com. All my info is on there, my email and my phone number. You can personally reach me. He is one of the owners of equityfuse.com, so please reach out to him, and he will do the absolute best to get you as much and money as he can We're honored he to have you as an owner yes, and that partner in that. Oh, you've, yeah. been, you've been holding it People down. People are saying he's a great guy, uh, great cast, <laughs> great show. Thank you. People mm-hmm. loved your uh, your content today, Mr. Putney. Much love, man. Thank you Thank so you. much. All right, guys. All right. We'll, we'll see you next week. And, uh, and by the way, next week, everybody tune in. Next Wednesday, we have a very special... A big well in this market owns over 100 rental properties, and he's going to show us exactly how he did it. So next Wednesday, we'll see you guys there. (laughs) And as usual, guys, thank you. Again, if you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe, like. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please also subscribe and rate our podcast because we're climbing up the ranks, and we need your help to do it, guys. So with that said, we'll see you next week. Peace. God bless.